Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Excellence Expected with me, Mark Asquith. All right, listen up. Today we are going to challenge the issue of whether a university education equals entrepreneurial success. And with me today is actually a fellow Yorkshireman, not something that I get to say very often. And this particular Yorkshireman is someone who has achieved exceptional, exceptional entrepreneurial success and has actually become the youngest externally appointed CEO in the UK. Gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, Mr. Sam Cropper. Hi, hi there, Mark. Thank you for that <laughs> that interesting intro. It's good to be, uh, yeah, good to join a fellow Northerner online. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I saw in your bio, Yorkshireman Sam. I had to get it in there. It's, <laughs> it's not often people are either from the west coast of America or they're from down south in the UK. So to talk to someone from good old Yorkshire is a real pleasure. And Sam, the issue that we're here to challenge today, the issue that we're here to help people get over, is the idea that actually. You can succeed in business without a university degree. And it's something that comes up more and more and more as we talk to younger people coming through the ranks. So before we dig into that, let's just explore a little bit about your journey. Where did you come from and what is it that you do, Sam? Well, uh, well, let's, let's, let's start with the last bit there. So I currently run a taxi company in London, one of the larger fleets down here, uh, called Climate Cars. Uh, it's a, a green executive transport company, so we use hybrid and electric vehicles to, to take people around the city. Um, it's, uh, how I got here is, uh, is the, the interesting bit, I suppose. Um, I began in Leeds, so up north, as discussed, um, it was... I think it, it was a conscious decision not to go to university. I got stuck into working and training as an accountant um, purely because I thought that time spent at university at that time, I think in, in 2001, 2002, would really lumber me with debts that I couldn't afford to pay. So lots of my friends went off to university and I thought I would get a job and learn a skill that might be useful in, uh, in coming years. So accounting seemed as good as anything else. And uh, simply falling into it by accident, I then pursued that career and it took me down south um, initially to get into banking. And as described, that the rug was pulled firmly under, uh, from under my feet. Um, the financial training that I'd had put me in good stead for the, uh, the, the post-credit crunch world here in London. And I found work as a consultant, again, picking up new skills in just about every role that I took on. And um, I've apparently transformed myself into a, a fairly rounded uh, business person. And that was something that helped me or probably the, the major thing that helped me land the job that I've got today. That's really interesting. That's, that's actually a background that is not too dissimilar to my own. So I can entirely relate to that idea of, well, look, unless I need to do something very specific at university, mm -hmm. is this really the thing for me? And what's very interesting around what you said there in, in your own bio is you fell into what you were doing. Let's just talk about that for a second, because sure. you actually, obviously you had the conscious decision not to go to uni. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what was the kind of mindset early on then? Was it a case of, look, I'll get a job kind of just doing anything just to earn the money? Or did you actually, did you decide to pursue a certain path at a certain time? Um, I think I'd had a fairly uh, unique 
um, experience at school, and that was that uh, our our college at the time, sixth form college, accidentally entered half the year to do business studies. Now, prior to that, I'd been studying uh, the sciences and maths um, initially because I, I thought I might want to be a vet. Uh, however, as I went through doing the exams, I realized that it was just a good grounding for almost anything. You know, nobody got turned down for a job because they studied as science or maths. Um, then after being entered for the business studies exams and sitting them, choosing to sit them without ever doing the course, I got quite a good grade and it really turned my, uh, my head to the world of business and how things work. Um, obviously with no formal training, no real family members involved in business in any major way. I um, took it upon myself to figure out how I might get to know a bit more. So then deciding against university, I thought accounting might make the, the, uh, the, the most sense for me to learn a bit about business. And using the maths um, that I'd done at school, it, it sort of fit quite nicely. So uh, I, f I found it quite easy to get a job actually within accounting as a trainee. I think back then I was paid the uh, the princely sum of six thousand pounds a year to begin with. So um, yeah, I, I guess I was a cheap punt for uh, for any firm looking for cheap labour. And for me, it was the perfect uh, ground for for learning all about different businesses, starting small, but then gradually getting bigger and bigger. And I think that's a really interesting perspective as well. The idea that, you know, your experiences have made you such a well-rounded business person and that it's actually that experience that gives you that. And, you know, that that is something that you can't really learn elsewhere. You have to be in the thick of it. You have to be there on the coal face doing things and making your own mistakes. And that is something that I think a lot of people out there kind of expect to go through the education system and come out into a very high paying job. Yes. With, uh, you know, and it's quite a difficult thing because the expectation is set at such a level that the reality can be so, so destroying for people's morale, can't it? I mean, we've all seen it. So I guess when you think about that journey in parallel, the people that went through union, the guys like yourself that have kind of gone through the trial by fire, if you like, they've mm -hmm. gone out there, they've gone onto the coal face. Do you think it teaches you a different kind of respect for business? You know, it's not by the book. Is it something that you think you kind of grow into more and more? Do you, do you learn a little bit more about the real life side of things much earlier? And can you, I guess, can you open that experience out much sooner than you would if you'd gone through the uni path? Uh, well, you, you raise a few, few interesting points there. I think, um, firstly, by not going to university and, and diving straight into the world of work, I think I, uh, I think I gained experience at a much younger age than most would otherwise have done. I think the traditional route, certainly for the people, you know, friends of mine, the people I knew that went to university was for them to go get the degree, then enter some sort of graduate scheme, which would almost extend university and ease them into the working world without really giving them too much responsibility or pressure for a couple of years after their degree. So they could find themselves, you know, approaching 30 before ever really uh, having the opportunity to see any, um, any sort of serious business decision making or, or understanding risk and reward, you know, really getting into um, what, what gives you experience that you can call upon when, when needed in future life. Um, I'd say uh, for me personally, it was definitely beneficial getting that experience at a younger age because uh, the, the, the things I found myself doing, you know, I couldn't have done them without having that prior experience to call upon. So for, uh, for somebody going to university, um, certainly more recently, and expecting to, uh, to come out into a high-paying job, you know, as, as you've just suggested, there's people getting crushed with the, the reality of the fact that they can't um, not only 
uh, get the high paying job, but you know, lots of people are struggling to get jobs at all, or certainly were doing a, about two two years, eighteen months ago. I think things are improving now quite rapidly, but still, you know, the levels of pay are certainly not what was once bandied around. You know, with graduates from um, potentially second or third tier universities expecting to come out into a forty k job. That's just um, just insane. I entirely agree, and it, it's something that is so, as you said, you know, it is so crushing that that's the reality when you do come out of uni. And one thing I just want to pick up on as well is that, you know, the age is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you think about the experience that you had by age 25, you know, you probably had no social issues. You probably had no issues at all walking into an unknown environment with management. You know, you probably had so much more of a general approach to things that you could adapt to any situation. And do you think that's something that you can only get through experience? You know, is that something that, that you do just learn on the job? And is, I guess, does that put people at uni not behind, but do they have a pretty rapid learning curve in the, the kind of social elements of business? I'd say so. Yes. I think, um, uh, whilst going to university will, um, it will further your social ability, um, and your, your, I suppose, your ability to talk to people, um, but typically just in a social setting or in an education um, setting, what, um, what that won't give you is uh, the pressure environment, the pressure cooker of, uh, of business generally. You know, I think if I think back to my first experiences of, uh, of real pressure environments, I was 22 and being sent out all over Europe for, uh, for Kroll, a massive global restructuring firm at the time that I'd ended up working for. Um, and being sent to a, you know run operations in in a country or across Scandinavia and having to walk into a, a board take control of a, a management board um, at that sort of age was uh, frankly a little risky for <laughs> for crawl to throw me into but it's certainly you know the baptism of fire uh, it, it gets over very quickly you know you, you either adapt or you fall away so um, I think whilst university is beneficial to people in that it brings on their ability to, to speak to people socially, there, there certainly is a big, big gap there and something that people find hard. Hopefully they're well prepared for it, but it still takes the time to get used to it when they do leave university. And you see that so often as an employer as well. I mean, you know, when we at the studio receive CVs through, and especially thing in, in things that require almost like a portfolio piece, then it becomes very difficult because a lot of university students come out there with the skills but not necessarily the commercial attributes that they need to be able to dive into that environment. So actually coming out with the skills is not enough. You know, they do need that commercial savvy, if you like. And is that, is that something that you find yourself coming across as your business grows? You know, how do you approach that recruitment? Is there anything that you kind of point out to people when coming into you guys? Um, you know, is it university versus experience or is it a mix of the pair? Uh, well, I think, um, I think I, t- I tend to judge people. Uh, well, firstly, let me say that that definitely that is definitely very obvious in lots of people that they will get the skills in certain areas at university. You know, you take um, in, in web design, for example, you can learn all uh, all the ways of of doing things, and you find somebody who technically is very very gifted, but then uh, without the experience of working with clients, you know, they simply won't have the the commercial um, attributes or commercial vision to uh, to really make that work. Uh, without somebody um, almost translating for them about what a client might want and how it might work in a in uh, in an environment and business environment of of any sort of scale, 
Um, what we see at Climate Cars with, uh, with new recruits and people applying for jobs is those that are fresh out of university. It really, um, it's important to get a feel for their personality type and see whether they will take to the business world and the sort of office environments, the professional environments quickly. Um, the way we, we try to get to the bottom of that is by making them meet with lots of people in the business and just watching how they interact, not necessarily having an agenda for, for things to cover with them, but just seeing how they, uh, they interact and, and get on with the people that they're meeting and then test them with something that perhaps um, cause, you know, gives, gives them reason to discuss an idea or the way they would approach something. And really that, that sort of, um, uh, the, the observations you can make from somebody when they're discussing something like that are uh, probably worth more than, you know, what, what they're telling you about themselves and their, their experiences at university. I think that really says a lot about how they're going to get on and how quickly they will get up to speed with working with people. That's really interesting because that personality is such a vital, vital component, especially in small business or, you know, a business that relies on a close-knit team. Yes. It's vital, isn't it, to make sure that the personalities match and actually that you understand as the business owner where people could be best placed against not only their skills but their personalities as well. And, you know, when you see some kind of recruits coming through the door that have just got the skills, it's very, it is very difficult sometimes to appreciate that that might not be the full them. You know, they're not used to this business environment. They're not perhaps used to interviewing. This is not a graduate scheme because it's a small business. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's as an employer, there is a challenge there. So for the listeners out there listening, you know, there is a challenge there to understand exactly what you've just said, Sam, how do they interact with the people around us? And how can you, as an employer then, how can you shift that kind of culture? How can you empower the team that are already there to that way of thinking? Is there a way that you work at Climate Cars where you say, well, look guys, we are going to get these recruits coming in and you know, we want you to treat them as you would treat someone else, a client, for example. Is there any kind of way that you prep the team for that kind of thing? Um, well, so I, I tend to take one of two approaches. So, uh, firstly, it can often be um, as, in, as as uh, as interesting to see how your team react to somebody with no with no preparation um, as it can be checking out the new recruits or new potential recruits. So it's uh, it's quite often my style to just call somebody in if uh, an interview process has gone quite well. They've got through to uh, to meet with me, then um, I'll call in one or two members of the team of, of varying levels. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the, a brand new recruit or somebody in the call center or one of my senior managers or one of the other directors. Uh, just call them in for a chat and just 10 minutes watching how they talk around the table and try and get some ideas out there for discussion. You know, you can learn a lot about your team in that way as well. And I think people, uh, they're now probably quite wary of walking past our boardroom when I'm in there with a with a, an unknown <laughs> an unknown face. Um, and then the uh, the other, I suppose, the more organised way of uh, of doing this would be to yes, select a couple of people of, of very different um, personalities from the business, um, and ideally of different levels too. Uh, you know, it's not just different um, types of people you want to be able to speak to and uh, to be able to. Uh, uh, get on with, but it's also important to be able to talk to uh, people at different levels within a business with ease. You know, if um, lots of things, uh, sorry, one of the main things that graduates tend to struggle with is being comfortable around senior management. And, you know, the bigger the business, the bigger the distance between the senior management and the new recruit. And so it's it's really quite useful to see if that, if you're hoping that this new recruit is going to be um, 
uh, a future star in your business, um, it's it's really good to understand how they get on with the senior management right from the start. And of course, you know, if they uh, seem to take to it quite well, then hopefully that's a good sign for the future and something you can build on. And I think, you know, when you look back at your own experience and certainly the kind of journey that I've been on, it's that senior management becomes much less of an enigma, much less of a challenge if you are exposed to it a little bit younger, you know, at age 22, flying around the world and heading into meetings with other senior managers of other businesses, you know, that must have conditioned you very early on that these guys, whilst they hold a lot of control, a lot of power in their respective positions, at the end of the day, they are just people and we can get on with them. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I think you can help yourself. And I, I know I certainly consciously did this by recognizing that uh, I didn't have the um, the education, you know, the, the certificates behind my name that lots of my peers did. And so whenever the opportunity arose to, for example, choose a mentor in the business, I was quite fortunate that the company I was working for allowed you to choose a mentor, somebody in a more senior position. Um, and so I went straight for the managing partner and asked if he would be my mentor. And he'd never, it surprised me, he'd never been asked before. Um, but he said yes, and that really put me in good stead and gave me exposure to somebody at you know a very senior level, not just in that company, but generally in uh, in business across the UK and Europe, which you know was was really looking back was invaluable for me. And it's just education from another another perspective, isn't it? That's what we're talking about, really. I mean, I'm very conscious that you know for you guys listening out there, it's not about saying university is not right. It's not about saying that look there is one preferred way over another. It's really more about giving you the confidence to say, look, if you're listening now and you're in the position that you think, well, I've got a decision to make, you know, it's about having the confidence to make the right decision, not based on the traditional values that are instilled within us. You know, it's not always right for everyone, either through circumstance, you know, financial circumstance, personal circumstance, or even just pure opinion and subjectivity. You know, there is no right or wrong. And, Sam, obviously you've been very successful in business having not gone through the university system. And what I'd like to do is just really pick up on your three actionable tips for the guys listening out there. The people that are really thinking, I don't want to go down this university path, but frankly, I'm a little bit worried about what the future holds. What three tips could you give the guys listening out there about that? Okay. Um, well, n- number one is uh, hopefully quite an obvious one and one that everybody can follow, whether you're a graduate or not, and that is to just keep learning. Um, you know, that if, if, if you have the opportunity or you have some spare time, then uh, try to better yourself. It, it, it really you know, it doesn't need to take long. It doesn't need to be very well structured. Just know the sources of information. You know, we've never lived in a more connected world. It's a great time to be alive and everything's at your fingertips on, uh, online on the internet. So um, there, there are lots of good sources out there, things like TED, uh, Khan Academy and Coursera. They're particular favorites of mine, but there are many, many more. Even just reading Wikipedia on interesting topics can lead to great, uh, you know, a great education, frankly. Um, but, but just by keeping the mind active and keeping uh, soaking up new things, you know, it doesn't even need to be things that are related to your day job or what you want to do. It can just be things that round out your education in other areas or just things you know about, whether it's the conversational topics or perhaps something that um, actually may one day bear relevance to what you do. You know, there are things I read about. Uh, for example, I used to force myself to read The Economist um, when I, I was reading about things that I thought would never be an issue. You know, the macro uh, uh, ma- macro effects on uh, on the price of oil, for example. Now I find myself concerned about petrol prices in in quite a good place right now as we speak today. But um, you know, it, it it can go up and down. It can really affect business for me. And it's just through reading that in 
whatever year it was, 10, 15 years ago, forcing myself to get to grips with it and looking up the words I didn't understand. Uh, it was that that really put me in a good place today. That's really powerful. That actually, so keep learning and force feed it and keep plowing that information in and actually, you know, look where you enjoy things and start, start actually picking out what you enjoy and start getting under the skin of those things because that's the surest way to becoming an expert is just make sure you enjoy something. It is, it is. And I think lots of people tend to stick to what either what they know. You know, I hear that from lots of people, stick to what you know. And it's just, it, 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 you may as well just close all the other doors of opportunity <laughs> yourself. You know, if you, um, if, if you start looking at things you don't know and start looking out for things you've never seen or never experienced, then you, you, you're just going to better yourself as a person. You're going to become... Uh, well-rounded in in potentially new areas of things you, you hadn't even considered previously, and that's how you find new things. That's how you discover things you enjoy. You know, how do you know whether you like something until you try it? So, uh, if 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 you can look at new things as well as things that you enjoy already, and you'll find yourself not only becoming um, more educated in the uh, in the atypical sense, but you you also find yourself becoming more interesting as a person, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's vital. I really, yep. really, I really, really value that. And I think everyone, I think if you've got that kind of entrepreneurial bent anyway, you are going to start to force feed as much as you possibly can because you've got that natural propensity to learn. Yes. But there are certain people sat out there, you know, and I think actually when I was younger, I was one of them. I knew that I didn't want to go to uni, but actually I didn't know what I wanted to do. And it's kind of difficult sometimes to know where to start, isn't it? And I love the idea of what you did with The Economist, taking something that, you couldn't really see the value of right at that time, but you knew somewhere, somehow, it would more than likely become important. So I, I really like that approach. Yeah, well, hey, it's, you know, you use what you can get your hands on. I think I use that example because there was always one lying around in my very earliest jobs. Um, and so I would I would check that nobody else had wanted to take it home and then I'd stick it in the bag and that'd be my nighttime reading. Um, and, you know, whilst I could have been sitting there watching some inane television show, you know, I, I find myself, <laughs> I find myself now knowing just that little bit more than I otherwise would. Thank, uh, thanks purely to the, uh, the stuff I was reading. So yeah, definitely, um, definitely an important one for me back then when I was, uh, fresh out of school, but still today, you know, my spare time is filled with looking for things that I, um, uh, I, I don't know about, and I actively encourage that in uh, in climate cars too. You know, we we reward people who um, complete courses online, accredited courses through Coursera or through some um, study at a, a local college or something. It doesn't matter if it's anything to do with their job. We've got people learning Spanish, people looking at um, midwifery. We've got people looking at biosciences. You know, we've got a whole range of people studying things because they either want to or it might further their advancements into another area that they want to work. And we're happy to reward that because, you know, people who learn are typically better employees and more rounded people in the office. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good culture to breed as well. I think that's fantastic. Mm. Really, really is. And let's move on to actionable tip number two then. So sure. this is quite an interesting one. Yeah. Okay. So this is quite simple, really. It's just meet everybody that you possibly can. Um, and I don't just mean meet as in, you know, say hello and walk off. I mean, really uh, interact with people. Um, you, you, you have the opportunity in, even in the, uh, the smaller towns and, um, even villages, you know, there is always people that you see during the day, um, or, or at night, if that's when you're out and about, uh, and all of them are opportunities to, to discover new things and to make new connections. And again, just like the learning, you know, these are, these are things that can benefit you in the future or perhaps even the same day. So, um, 
yeah, everybody that you meet is an opportunity and you've just got to go say hello and shake the hand and, and find out if it's something that can, can work for you. And remember that if, you know, it, it really doesn't matter their station in life, they can either teach you something or perhaps, um, link you to somebody else. And it, it really, it bears no relation to their standing. So it, it doesn't matter whether they're the, the partner of some big law firm or it's the, the janitor in your, your local school, you know, go say hello, make a, make a new acquaintance. And at the very worst, you've got yourself a friendly face in the future. You know, it's not a, not a bad way to live your life and it could potentially be the, the start of something special. I think that's vital. That is so, so important. It's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I give any of the, the kind of uh, the college students or the high school kids that I mentor uh, in business is, mm-hmm. is don't really say no to any opportunity like that. If someone offers you a coffee, take the coffee and find out a little bit more about them because you never know what those relationships can open. And actually, we've all been the recipient of an introduction later on that we didn't think we'd ever get. And it's it's from someone that we met five years ago from somewhere that we didn't think we'd ever get anything. Exactly. It's amazing, isn't it? So I love that. And uh, let's just pick up actionable tip number three then, sir. Sure. Okay. So uh, th- this one's uh, where um, I suppose it, it's really just self-belief. Okay. So believe in yourself and don't fear failure. So many people uh, that I meet both at work and just in, in my day-to-day life, they uh, they might have a little idea or they might say what they want to do. But then we'll follow that idea or thing up with, oh, but I could never do that, or I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And honestly, if you know, if you um, if you close the door on yourself, you'll you'll never you'll never go through it. You've got to you know you've got to really believe that you can do things. And so if if that's uh, a case of trying something over and over and learning from it each time you fail to do it slightly differently until you succeed, or if that's just really getting yourself together to then just have a crack at something, you know, it could be applying for a job that you want. It could be uh, putting a presentation together for uh, the senior management of somewhere that you work already, just on the off chance that they like your idea and give you a project to run with. Uh, alternatively, it could be, you know, going to Australia for a year or going traveling or something. Just, uh, I think that life is too short not to do things. And if you're the one telling yourself that you can't, then you're never going to do these things. You definitely got to uh, believe in yourself and, um, yeah, don't, don't, don't fear failure. There is absolutely no doubt that it's the single biggest piece of advice you can give anyone is just believe in yourself and just get started, you know, just get moving because it's even the small fears that we turn into such big, big problems for ourselves. You know, if I fear kind of failure, then I'm going to open myself up to that failure. If I put anything out there in terms of content, you know, even if it's just writing a personal blog, people get so wound up by this kind of this open, transparent nature these days that they're so, they're so paralyzed by that fear. They never get anything out there. So I love that. Just believe in yourself and actually putting those three things together, believe in yourself, keep learning, actually keep meeting people. It's amazing what doors you'll open, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, if, uh, if, if, if everybody did this, if everybody believed in themselves, I think we'd be m- much more productive as a nation and as a planet. Um, the fact is a huge number of people out there, and that is probably the majority of people that you would meet. Um, they're, they're, sadly, yeah, you're right, they're paralyzed by their own fear. Um, it's like tying your own shoelaces together and trying to go for a race. You know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> you're not going to achieve anything. You need to, uh, definitely get, get confident in yourself, have some belief in yourself and just show yourself what you can do. I love that. That's fantastic. Sam, that is such valuable, valuable advice. So guys listening out there, if you are kind of wondering what's the path for me, or if you sat there in your business thinking, well, look, 
I'm looking for some new talent. I don't know whether to look for university grads, non-university grads. Just be aware. The single message from this is that there is no right or wrong. It's whatever suits you. And education and kind of entrepreneurialism can take form from wherever you choose to place it. So I think that's really important. Sam, that really is such a good episode. And just before we pack up for the day, what I'd like to do is just let the listeners know where they can find you online, please, sir. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're welcome to check out our website, climatecars.com. Alternatively, look me up on LinkedIn and hey, yeah, get confident in yourself and send me a message. We'll see what we can do. I love it. That is fantastic. So big, big thanks to Mr. Sam Cropper for joining me today. And guys, thank you so much for joining me once again. It really is a pleasure talking to you. You know, these podcasts are a labor of love for me and all of my guests that join me really, really do appreciate it. For everything that myself and Sam have spoken about today, please, as ever, head on over to excellence-expected.com, where not only can you find a copy of the show notes from today's episode, but you can, of course, pick up your free copy of the essential 14-day guide to cutting your working hours and increasing your impact. And until next time, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.